Welcome to the Center Point Pentecostal Church Podcast. We hope that this podcast finds you well and that you are ready for a life-changing message from one of our outstanding and anointed ministers. If you like this podcast, please be sure to give us a follow and a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app. Now let's get to today's message. Amen. If you have your Bible, let's turn to the book of Luke chapter 8. Amen. Then again, it's good to have all our guests. Thank you for being with us at Centerpoint Pentecostal Church. Thank you for being with us in this service. Hope something could be said tonight that would encourage you to come back or even bless your life for your little family. Thank you. In Luke chapter 8, it starts like saying like this, a woman having an issue of blood for 12 years, which spent all of her living upon physicians. Neither could be healed of any. She comes behind him and she touches the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood was stands. I mean, it stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? <laughs> and when everybody denied that they touched him, everybody, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thrown thee and press thee and thou say say it thou who touched me <laughs> i love old peter man peter was a character man i mean he was really a character he didn't care who was around him he was going to speak his peace amen just boldly he came before god I said, come on, master, you asking with the biggest crowd and all these people around you, who touched you? And Jesus said, somebody has touched me. For I perceived that virtue was going out of me, meaning the power just left him. He was drained like your pastor is tonight. I never preached two services back to back in a mighty long time. I wore out this morning in cotton port, but I'm going to fight in center point. Woo! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Woo! And the woman saw that she was not hid. She came trembling and fell down before him. She declared unto him and before all the people for what caused she to have touched him and how she was healed immediately. Ain't that just like Jesus? Bam, instantly. We got a miracle. Come on, only Jesus. I said only Jesus could do something like that. You heard that Cajun coming out of me? Something like that. But anyhow. <laughs> and he said unto her, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace. So he makes it personal now. After he heals this woman, he calls her daughter now. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. So go in peace now. Live a normal life. That's what God wants. For everyone under the sound of my voice, to live a complete, normal life. So what I believe, if I know Jesus, 
That's exactly what he wants to do in this church service tonight. For somebody to leave this place shouting victory in Jesus. Come on, somebody. I'm free. I'm no longer bound. I am healed. I am set free. I am saved by grace. He wants somebody leaving this church tonight shouting that. Father, we thank you for your presence. Thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost that would, that's within this place tonight, God. I want you to take control. God, have it your way in this service. Let somebody hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying in these last days. Now, God, that we look up to you, God, the altar and the finisher of our faith. Lord, trusting in you with everything in this crazy old life. And everyone said amen. And you may be seated. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, Brother Francois. Thank you, Brother Bordelon, for taking service this morning. They tell me y'all did an excellent job. There was no fear in me that you would, guys wouldn't do. I knew I was leaving the church in good hands. I went to India several years ago, and some of you remember my trip. I never went to a foreign country in my life. That was the first foreign country I ever visited in my life. And hope to God it's the last foreign country. <laughs> that 30-some hours of flight, that's hogwash, and that's else not me so anyhow Jesus when you live by scripture pray them right when he says lo I shall be with you brother Brent that don't mean nothing about no airplane lo I shall be with you but anyhow I took a flight me and sister Mary went on our mission strip and out there and going to India the first thoughts were in my mind like hey I am going on a week's vacation no church, no people, no bills to have to write a check for. I mean, nothing. I'm going to India, and I'm going to enjoy my time off. I ain't got to preach. I ain't got to study. I ain't got to do nothing but go kick my feet up and enjoy seven days of relaxation. That was a Saturday we arrived in India. So Sunday morning came very quickly. I walked out of my room. They didn't put me in Motel 6 because there's none. There was no lights cut on and left on. But anyhow, I'll get to my room, and that morning, I mean, it's just like all of a sudden, bam, they break. I'm like, man, I didn't even sleep. What happened to my night of rest? It didn't happen. So I get out of my bed, get myself dressed. We're going to church. I was so excited because going to a church that we built in 2013 in India, the first church that we was part of a building. So I am like skipping a beat, okay? And I'm ready to go to this church and see what God is doing in India. So when I get to the car, Brother B. Rama looks at me and says, oh, you ready? I said, well, yeah, I'm ready. He says, where's your Bible? I says, in my room. He says, go get your Bible because you preach today. I said, oh, well, thank you. 
thank you. Thank you for letting me know, giving me some heads up five minutes before I get to the church. So anyhow, we go to church on that Sunday morning and we pray, I preach, the Holy Ghost moves and listen, we had a building that would hold about a hundred people. And so it got so filled up, Sister Becky, they didn't have sitting room in the church. So they had a bunch of windows around this little church that we built in 2013. And they opened these windows. And everybody in that little village was around the outside of the, wheel of the building trying to listen to the little wild, crazy, Cajun preacher. <laughs> and some of you don't believe that stuff, but I don't blame you. I don't either. So anyhow... We preaching there, and then I come Wednesday, and I'm thinking I'm going to another church. You know, well, maybe I get to enjoy this church service. I won't have to say anything. I can just go in there and enjoy the preacher if I can understand him, as some of you can't understand me tonight, right? Okay, but anyhow, I get to the second service, and he looks at me again. He says, got your Bible, huh? I said, yes, I got my Bible. I want to follow the preacher. He said, no, we follow you. You preach again tonight. I'm like, this is not a vacation. India will not be my chosen pick next time. But anyhow, we preached the second service. Then I preached the third service. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not even getting paid for all this preaching, okay? And they are, they are using me. But look, I got enough of preaching. Yeah, right. So the last we wind up in a big old building about twice as big as this place. So, Brother Elmas, here I am. <laughs> Lord, help me, Jesus. But anyhow, we know how we sing the most. But anyhow, I'm praying, God, help me. Another service. I think I ran out of scriptures in the Bible. I preached so much that week. I didn't have no more scriptures to go to. I fixed it, tell them to turn, turn the choral one and one. I'm finished. But anyhow, so I go to the fourth church and I'm preaching. And, and as I begin to preach, Brother T. Paul, look, this building begins to pack. We wind up with about 30 people. I mean, we had about 30 people showed up on time, like most Pentecostal churches, on time. Some will show up at 5 after 10 after. And, and if I'm preaching, they show up at the church. But anyhow, so we, I started preaching, and the next thing you know, people started filling that church. And the next thing you know, I look in the church, and there's people everywhere. Then I started shaking. <laughs> I said, no, this is awesome. So I started preaching. And as I'm preaching, God begins to move. I mean, God begins to move. And they wear them, you know, head covered them, little turbulence things over there in India. And this is, kid you not. They would take the bottle of oil about three times the size of this. And the lady my hand, and they would make me cup my hand. And they would fill the oil as full as, as it could get in my hand. And when they would take their little turbulence or whatever it is off their head, I, they would take my hand and slap it on top of their head. Why? Because... In foreign countries, in third world countries, they don't have what we have. Come on, we are extremely blessed. They live, this, we're talking about poverty where they have nothing. They live in tents. 
They live on the side of the road and they, they struggle every day in life just to get by in this life. So as I pray for these ladies, all you would fly down their face and drip on their shirts and also tears would begin to wet their shirt. And I looked at this and I said, God, give America that kind of hunger for you and you only. Don't let nothing in this world, don't let nothing in this world take that kind of love out of me. Out of me. But anyhow, as I'm studying this scripture and we read and we heard these stories from children, from, child, from our youth, some of you that have been in church all your life, we heard of these stories. But do you know, we all, every one of us under the sound of my voice, every one of us, we desire some part or some time of our lives to be touched by the master's hands. Come on, there's situations and troubles in life that comes to us unexpectedly and we desire, we got to have God, we got to have a touch of God, we got to have a word from God, we have to have an answer from God. We just need God in this situation. Hey, has anybody been in that predicament or in that state any time in your life? But we know, the church knows, we know when that happens, things happen. When we are touched by Jesus, things happen. How many of you remember the first time you were ever touched by God? Who you will once you have been touched, you can never ever be the same. Never be the same. Never. Because once he touches us, things change. Amen. Amen. But I had to realize how desperate this woman really was. You see, just like India, those people has no hope. They don't. They don't have it like we have it. We got good living. And I can promise you this, if any American people complains, complains that they don't have it good, you got my permission. Knock them in tomorrow. Because the poorest of American people are the richest of anybody in our third world, world countries. But they have nothing. Brother Caleb, only hope they have is Jesus. He's their only hope. So I can't imagine this woman having this issue of blood for 12 years. Can you imagine this? To be ill for 12 years? Come on, somebody. When I cut my little pinky and just a little spot of blood come out of it, I think I'm dying. <gasps> oh my God, I'm dying. Hurry up, Mary. Bring me to the hospital. No, put a band-aid on and go back to work. For real. But can you imagine for 12 years losing her blood? 
tried every physician, everybody, everybody, spent everything she ever worked for to be healed, but nothing worked. You know why she was worried? Because life is in the blood. You know, you're not hear me. Life is in the blood. I go further than that. Once you are baptized in the lovely name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of your sins, life with water baptism is in the blood of Jesus Christ. Woo! He says, once we are buried in the blood, our sins are remitted. They are washed away. Praise God. But can you imagine with me tonight, 12 years her life been drained by this sickness. 12 years, Brother Jeffrey, she couldn't clean her own house. 12 years she couldn't cook because she was so weak. We just take this little story so lightly that she just had a little blood problem. She didn't have just a little blood problem. She was dying. Her life was fixing to vanish right before her own very eyes. <laughs> I can remember years ago, Sister Connie, I preached a Sunday morning service. Life is in the blood. Come on. Get some toxins in that blood. You're going to feel like you're dying. They called Jared Beard for eight years. He struggled with toxins in his blood. Thought many nights that he was going to die. How many times, Sister Mary, our son called us crying on the other end of the phone. I feel like I'm dying, Mama. I feel like I'm dying, Daddy. And the only thing we have is hope in Jesus. We would get, on, get off on the phone and we would get on our knees and say, God, heal our son. God, heal our son. And God healed our son. Life is in the blood. Life is in the blood. <laughs> but I can remember Brother Mac Bimarek coming to me on a Sunday morning after I just preached like I'm preaching tonight. Listen to me. If I'm going to preach, I'm going to give you my everything. If you don't give it your all, that's you and God. But I'm going to give you my everything because this church, you deserve everything. But if you don't put in, baby, you don't get out. Woo, I'm finna knock another one. I got in trouble a while back for breaking one of those things. Got in real trouble, man. They were finna vote me out of here. I'm like, praise the Lord. <laughs> Give me my walking papers, baby, and I'll take them. Woo, and listen to me. Some of you are smiling because you think it's, that would be a good thing. Then you come pastor for a little while. <laughs> you change your mind, your attitude, and everything else. Come on, somebody. I can remember when I first started passing, I had a little bit of hair on my head. <laughs> and now I'm bald. <laughs> I took a picture of, uh, and sent it to my group right there. I got uh, the five wise men over there, him and a couple of other ones. And I sent them a text the other day to call me that daddy. I'm like, no way. I am not going to be called your father. It ain't no way in God's green acres. I said, I'll have fathered y'all for the last 15 years, and that's enough fathering for this man. So I take a picture of my head, and Sister Becky, I had the light in my room shining, and the glare from my head could blind you. For real. I said, this is what happens when a man like me fathers people like y'all. Everything goes. Everything goes. 
but I, I, I wouldn't change it. I said I wouldn't change it for nothing. I said I wouldn't change it for nothing. But, I, but let me get to my story. I got to get this finished. I got to get it finished. So anyhow, Sister Sarah, he's got a blood, uh, he, uh, he got a blood uh, disorder. They bring him in the hospital on a Friday. They said, you came in here by family. They brought you in here by wheelchair. But you'll be rolled out of here to the funeral home. This is on a Friday. I said, no problem. Superman's here. No, I'm just joking. Sometimes I feel like Superman when I'm preaching behind there. But I just need to put on my cape and my flying shoes. But anyhow, so anyhow, here I am. I go over there. He's laying down in his bed, Sister Carol. He's fixing to die. So he looks at me. Brother Beard, what you doing here? I said, what do you think I'm doing here? I'm a pastor. I come to pray for you. He said, really? I said, yes, really. So all his family's in this, uh, in this room, and they're all like just so sad looking, like really sad, like they lost their best friend, but they were finna lose their daddy, okay? So anyhow, that's something to be sad about. So I walked in that room, and I looked at him. I said, Mr. Terrell, I'm here to pray for you tonight, today. He said, you think it's going to work? I said, what? what? If I think it's going to work? Are you crazy? I know it's going to work. Come on, when... Hey, why do we live for God if we don't believe what the Word says? Come on, somebody. Why do we come to church if we can't believe the Word? Woo! I'm about to get in trouble up in here. But anyhow, I walk in there. I, I, I said, I'm here to anoint you with all. I'm going to pray over you, and God's going to heal you. And all his family are looking at me like I'm crazy, like I just lost my mind. Okay, I did. So I looked at all of them. I said, now let me tell you something. I don't have time for a Bible study tonight. I don't have time to teach you guys how to pray. So I want you to pray the way you were taught to pray. They said, huh? I said, pray the way you were taught to pray. They said, we heard you. I grabbed the brother Caleb, and I prayed for him on a Sunday. He walks out of the hospital on a Monday and never went back. Wow. Faith without works it's dead. If we're going to believe God for the little things, we ought to believe God for the big things. Because God got big things in store for you, for your family, for this church. Oh my God. Mm. Big things. I said big things in store. So anyhow, I asked Brother T. Paul this morning. I said, how did church go? He said, oh, it went good. He said, they had so many people, we had to put out chairs. <laughs> and I was the evangelist this morning, and he's telling the stories. I said, say again. He said, well, almost. Hey, you let me tell you something. I asked Brother Byron this morning. I said, Brother Byron, how many people we had in church this morning? He said, 32. I said, I counted 64. He said, we only had 32. I said, no, 64. If we believe God for small things, you're going to get small things. I believe we had 32 this morning, but next Sunday, we're going to have 64. <laughs> uh-huh. And listen to this. We didn't have 32 of Centerpoint. We had 32 of brand new people. 
Oh, baby, let me tell you something. You can sit down like I'm crazy, but I ain't crazy. Bigger things. I said bigger things. I said bigger things. Woo! They come in. So I told my wife, and I told some of you non-believers, some of your doubters, some of you non-believers, I told you something a while back. I made a statement. Some of you looked at me, looked at me like I was crazy, and I am. I am. I'm, I'm, my mind is lost. <laughs> my focus is right, but my mind is lost because I'm believing God for such big things. Some of you think I done lost my mind. Mm -hmm. So I made a statement, what would happen this year if the church walls would blow out in Cottonport and the church walls would blow out in Centerpoint and we would have to build a 2,500 member church in the middle of Cottonport and in the middle of CPC. Let me say it where you can hear me. What would happen if God would flood that church and flood this church? Believe small, get small. Think small, get small. Think big and he'll do it. Woo! He can do it! He's going to do it! Brother Babin, go back to your pastor, Brother Gentry, and tell him Centerpoint ain't dead. We are rising up like we never... I said we are rising up like we never... Oh! <laughs> They said one, two, we are out. I said we are out. I said we are out. This is not even my message. I'm going to put it over here because you're not going to steal it because you couldn't even read it. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. Don't stay over here just for the five loaves and the two fishes. Get in this. Come on, get the fishing. Come on, get the fishing. Pull your little rod reels out and get the fishing. Don't just come to church because you... Woo! Don't come to church because... <laughs> My attorney told me when they were trying to steal my land in Mansura, I went over there and explained to him the reason why I didn't want to lose my land to the state and them giving me nothing. And he was writing, wasn't even writing something about my case, writing something about somebody else's case. And as I'm talking to him, he's steady. And I said, hey, are you listening to me? 
He says, keep throwing it down because I'm picking it up. Somebody here said, you need to hear me. I'm going to keep throwing it down, Brother Jason, until one a day, one day you're going to pick it up. You're going to say, oh, I know what my little pastor is saying now. I know exactly where he's coming from. I know what he sees. Watch. I'm not picking at you. I want to pick at your son, though. <laughs> What's happening, man? Do you know you're a handsome dude? Let me ask you this. Do you wake up like that handsome every day? He said, yeah. Well, that's good. That's good honesty. Well, I don't. I got to put it on. I got to take these two strands and put them in place every day. But you know why they said in church tonight? Thank you, Sister Becky. Thank you. Give honor where honor is due. A passion for VBS. A passion to give our community something back. And she had, she had she's a devoted child of God. She has sold out to VBS. And one day he says, Mom, I want to go to church where I go to VBS. I testified about you this morning. I want to go to church, Mama, where I go to VBS. Mom, just last month, Mom received the Holy Ghost, and Mom got baptized in Jesus' name. So, Sister Melissa, I don't know what God is trying to do me at the age of 60. I am surrounded by teachers, Sister Becky. I go to Cottonport. We got two teachers in Cottonport. I said, God, I'm too old to learn. <laughs> Sister Becky been trying to teach me how to speak since I got here. <laughs> Sister Belgore told me I spoke so fast. And well, how she said, she said, this is what she said. She said, he's going to come to Center Point and mess up our English. English. I'm like, me? Certainly not me. He's going to come to center point and mess up our English and won't even teach us French. Well, number one, you might teach me English, but you don't want me to teach you French. Not if there's a Frenchman around, because the only thing you're going to be doing is cursing him out. So thank God I don't teach nobody French. Caleb, I ain't gonna mess with you, YouTuber. Yes, I will. <laughs> yes, I will. God has big plans for you. They're bigger than you can imagine. They're bigger than you'll ever dream of. God has really great big plans for you. And nothing can stop God's plans but you. And if you don't put a restriction or a limit on God, it ain't no telling where God's going to excel you in this year. I call it, I call it my, the smart test. Since Sarah and Brother Kayla last week done a fabulous job on first step. So they brought us all in the uh, kitchen 
to take to see how bright we were. <laughs> My light was pretty dim. <laughs> but anyhow, they wanted to see where we fit in the ministry, and I fit right under pastoring. <laughs> so y'all got food eight years ago. <laughs> but hey, y'all stuck now. Like the old song, stuck on you. Got this feeling that, but anyhow. Don't even act crazy, Sister Danita, because me and you will be humming that and singing that same song. We can act holy on the side of everybody, but we like them old songs. But this young man tested as minister. Brother Carl, you listen to me. If you can only, if you can fathom in your mind what God has in store for you and your family, it would blow your mind. You got so much to give God. But you feel like you have nothing. You got more to offer than you think you do. Amen. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on. There's a revival in this church. Oh, I don't, hey, listen. There's a revival in this church. Now, preachers, well, not preachers. Have y'all heard? Have y'all heard? Have y'all heard? Come see Brother Keith. Come see Brother Keith. I think I made a good cho choice Wednesday night. These three guys are not just preachers. They're my associate pastors. What a choice. What a choice. What a great choice. I said, what a great choice. They are my associate pastors. You know why they are my associate pastors? Because I believe in them. I believe when I'm going... One of these guys are going to pick up a torch and say, Pastor is right. God has anointed me. And God has put a, oh my God, God has put that torch in my hand. And now I'm going to run with it with my faith. But I want to help you today. In Matthew, I mean Acts, they come from the upper room. Acts chapter 2, verse 37. The Bible says when they came from that upper room and they were speaking in tongues and they were glorifying God. And the Bible says when the people heard them, they were pricked in their heart. And they looked at Peter and the rest and said, men and brother, what shall we do? Peter stands up and says, repent! And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remissions of your sins. Now watch this. If I preach behind this pulpit, and if I don't move sinners, and if my message don't convict sinners, then I think I need to go find me a real job. Come on, ain't that's what this is all about? It's about separating ourselves from family, separating ourselves from the world, and finding ourselves in a secret place and say, God, I know the anointing don't come free. It comes with a sacrifice, and it comes with a price. So here I am, God. Pour it on me, God. When I get behind this pulpit, let sinners come to the altar. Oh, 
to the auction. I'm finna say to the auction. To the altars. Let sinners repent of their sin. Let people repent of their wickedness. Let people repent of their slackness. Let people repent on the things they're doing. And they... <laughs> the beauty of sin of Cottonport this morning was I felt this. Sister Tara, as I was preaching, and God anointed me this morning, and there was a great anointing on me. And as I'm preaching this morning, I look back to one of my little buddies. He's, I think he's been in this church about 12, 13 years ago. Him and his first wife visited our church. And if he would have gotten church like he should have gotten to church, he would still have his first wife. Hey, buddy, let me tell you something. The enemy don't play. Come on, he's, a, he, he's real. He, he knows what he's doing. But anyhow, I'm preaching this morning, and I look back to, my, to the middle of the church, and I see big, great tears rolling on his face. I mean, just sovereign. He holds his wife's hand, and they're crying together. And automatically God said, this is what preaching is all about. It's about drawing people to safety. It's about drawing families, putting them back together again. It's about taking marriages that are broken and mending them back together. This is what ministry is all about. It's about seeing the lost saved and seeing the hurting, come on, comfort and fixed. But the beauty of preaching with an anointing, it makes a difference because the Bible says for the anointing, breaks the yokes and the bondage in the, and as we sung about tonight and look as I'm closing we got seven people lined up grown-ups lined up at the altar and great big tears are just rolling down their face and I said God if we ever get to where this is not important and just our ministry is everything then we are missing it Come on, we are missing it. If this ain't what it's all about, by seeing people that are broken, their lives are wrecked, seeing God fix them, if that ain't what this is all about, then what is this all about? It's about seeing the lost saved. Come on, it's about seeing people redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. It's about seeing people's sins being washed away by water baptism. Come on, it's about seeing people being transformed, renewed every service, not just every once in a while. You know how, why we got what we got last Sunday? Because somebody came prepared for that. If we would come to church prepared for a move of God, guess what happened? We would have a genuine move of the Holy Ghost. You know, Pentecost... It's not for everybody. Pentecost is not for everybody. It's not. God would like it for it to be. Many are called, but the few is chosen. But I believe that we have watched in the last eight years since I became pastor. People come in and out of this church. They flooded this church, Brother Tyndall. Where are they tonight? They slipped through the cracks of the floors of the church. But I believe that problem is fixing to be sealed. 
I believe God is fixing to seal the cracks. And what we get in this church, we're going to maintain in this church. You know why? There's a new life that's springing up inside of here. There's a new vision. There's a new, oh my God, there's a new higher expectation. There's a new zeal. There's a new joy that God is flooding in this church. There's something, hey, it's a new season for us. It's a new time in this church history. Let me tell you, Brother Belgor did not, hey, it wasn't prophesied many years ago that every pew will be filled. Mm -hmm. I'm way off my notes. I'm way off my notes. I wish I would have stayed on my notes. But hear me. Don't limit it what God has for you. There's going to be some more VBS children that's going to affect families, and they're going to come to center point. There's going to be more teachers that's going to be, that's going to be touched by your witness and other teachers' witnesses. There are going to be more business people that's going to enter into this church. There's going to be some more homemongers. There's going to be some more prostitutes. There's going to be some more nobodies that's going to walk in this church. You know who we want? We want everybody. Come on, we want everybody. I heard a story, Brother Jeffrey, and you can believe this. If we would win... Everybody that nobody wants, God would give this church everybody that everybody wants. So everybody deserves a chance to be born again. It doesn't matter if they're rich. It doesn't matter if they're poor. It doesn't matter their last name. It doesn't matter nothing about them. God wants to save them. I said God wants to save them. Let's stand. Let's stand. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it changes and impacts your life for days to come. If you would like to connect with us further, give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Centerpoint Pentecostal Church or just search Centerpoint Pentecostal Church on Facebook. If you would like to join one of our services in person, The service times and address are in the podcast description. Thank you and God bless, and we hope to see you on the next episode.